What is up, everybody? Welcome to the great, the glorious Sports Frenzy 2.0 Weekend Edition. Taping here on June the 8th, 2022. This will hit on the 11th, Saturday morning, just in time for you to get your sage entertainment advice from the conquistador and I to listen to the greatest stuff, to watch the greatest stuff, and to stay away from all the crap and stuff that will rot your brain that Hollywood will force on you in one way, shape, form, or another. He's dead. There you go. He's coming. Let us delve into the musical selection of the week. As always, we start off with rock and roll, baby. It's music, music, music in the first segment of the weekend edition. We are going to review a band that Dave and I saw live in concert opening for Roger Klein and the Peacemakers many, many years ago. Yep, our alternate house band. Yes, I was in love with them, transfixed, thought they were phenomenal, and ever since they have not let me down. And their new album just came out last Friday, Into the Night. We are talking about the Black Moods. Twelve songs. Technically 12 songs, probably only 11. It's actually 11. <laughs> that stupid little blur. Reminds me, reminds me of two. We'll get to it. Reminds me of two other <laughs> okay, albums. Okay, tough guy. Yeah, reminds <laughs> me of that. Dave knows I'm, where one, one of the things I'm going to is. But of course, with an album like this, as important to Sports Frenzy as the Black Moods are, we will go track by track. We will. This almost had a kind of a theme feel to it. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, especially when we get the songs like Hollywood, Big Time, Junkie Excuses. She Gets Out even kind of yep. folds into that. Yep. But uh, number one, I got to say, this is kind of a tangent. I think I've blown part of a speaker on my TV. <laughs> Because when I started listening to this through my TV on Spotify, through my fire stick, yeah. the vocals were so far in the background for the first song, Youth is Wasted on the Young, that I really, I was like, wow, this is badly produced. Ooh, and then I had to go through, issues. I had to go through my Chromebook to actually get a better sounding mix. So... That being rectified, youth, youth is, is wasted on the young is a phenomenal leadoff it's track. A, <laughs> agreed. This this sets the tone for the album. It's awesome, and it is one of the greatest song titles in recent memory. It is so true. Yes, <laughs> so true. Here as we approach, as we are in our middle age, but of course, Ugh. the black moods are not saying you know they're not ripping on the young. They basically in in the lyrics are saying, you think we want everything for free. You know, you think we don't care about this or that. Yep. No, we do. We pay for what we want. It's just... Mm. So basically the title is kind of sarcastic, as Dave said, projecting a little bit of anger on the older generation. Yeah. As we would say, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> but it is a great, great it's rock and opener. It's phenomenal. Rocks out. 
And then you get to Hollywood, which is another fantastic song. Yeah, now the next three songs we have reviewed here on Sports Frenzy in the past, so we knew yep. what we were getting with these. Hollywood <sighs> is great. The, the, the normal, typical, cynical look at the West Coast, as you yep. know, we all here on sports frenzy oh let's go out west and see if we can make it big and oh shit yeah life sucks out here actually (laughs) yep you always get in my mind at least you always get that prototypical black and white bus pulling up mama's fallen angel yep by poison yep you get the girl in the the little midwestern dress with her suitcase coming off the bus yep waiting for the debauchery to set in Yep, hoping to make it big and winds up selling herself for a whole lot of nothing. Yep, but Hollywood is phenomenal. Great, great song. Then we get Saturday Night. Probably my favorite song on the album. See, this Dave and I are going to, I have a feeling, review overall will be similar, but we've already had a dispute on one of the other songs. We did. I like Saturday Night a lot. I would not even put it in my top five on this album. No, I love this one just for. No, I I love the the song, but I think there's so many better, much better songs on this album. There are a lot of good ones, but this one just kind of resonated with me. Now, see, the next one I say better. She gets out, which was, I think, the the initial single way, way back last year. I like it. A little bit of a wistful feel to it. Yeah, kind of the. The story ballad, right, right, going through, enjoyable, very, very good. And then, and then it was like, okay, now we're gonna get into some stuff we've never heard. Like I said, we'd already heard two, three, and four. Hollywood, Saturday Night, she gets out. And then we get to Big Time. Big Time kind of picks up with the rest of the story that Hollywood sets in place, and then she gets out, kind of yep. pulls in. Yep. I think you're ready. I think you're ready for. I think <laughs> you're, you're ready, ready for, for the big time. time. Very, uh, very good song. Very good song. Uh, then we get to lead me on. Another good. Yep. It it doesn't let up. Nope. It just keeps rolling right along. Oh, uh, and then song seven, of course. On, on and, and on. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's if you're seeing a pattern here, kids. The Black Moods never disappoint. They don't. Th- this whole album just Rocks hits. from beginning to end, yes. On and On is great. I will say this. On and On might, in comparison to everything else on the album, might be the weakest song, and I still love it, if that tells you anything. Yeah. I still love it. And it's Then we get to Junkie Excuses, which is such a bizarre this creative song. This is weird. It sounded to me like almost like the Black Moods doing Roger Klein. Yeah, it had that a little bit of a country goofy hiccup, country feel where, to it. Where what the hell are you talking about? But it makes sense. Yeah, they're singing about somebody having a drug addiction problem, but they're giving it a lighter kind of yeah. tone. Yeah, not they're, humorous. No, they're they're dealing with a person who's got substance issues and they don't want to hear any of their excuses anymore they're done but with at the them. same no no well no, not no. done with them no they're not they're done with trying them because to... he's saying 
the, you know, the door's always open. I'll always be here. I'll hate you. Me here, but I don't want your fucking excuses. Right. I don't want to hear right. the bullshit reasons why you keep going down this path. Right. And the music is just so odd given the subject matter, you know, that's where I, it was like a little bit of a Roger Klein Southwest twang to yeah. me, you know? Then we get to the phone message. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- There are two, two great songs. There's two kinds of people. Those who like the Black Moons and those who don't like the Black Oh, moons. I dropped the phone! <laughs> two kinds of people is technically song nine, but it's basically an intro to the next song, Fire and Gasoline. There are two other bands <laughs> who have used recorded phone messages <laughs> In the past, to very, very good effect. One serious and one lighthearted. I'll yep. let Dave tell you about the lighthearted one, and then I'll tell you about the serious one. Larry Crane, on his, was his debut? I'm not sure if it was his debut. But one of his albums got Tropical somebody Depression. called Tropical Depression. Great album. Check it out. Larry Crane, of course, former guitarist for John Mellencamp. Yep. But Larry Crane's got this phone message. It comes on, calling him a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was good. Yeah, it, it just kind of blended into that whole mentality of that album. Yep. And then the other one I thought of was more seriously was on Queensrÿche's Empire, when the guy leaves the message and says, "It's starting to hit me." like a two-ton heavy thing, and then the goes right into Empire. Very, there very cool. Go. But again, the use of these phone messages, the, the voicemail messages in rock and roll is very, very cool at times. If it's it can, done right. If it's done right. And this one's done right. <laughs> like When he says, oh, I dropped the phone. <laughs> like, really? Come on. And that- then... Then and it leads into what I think is the greatest song on the album. I've got this is my number two album. Fire and gasoline is fantastic. When you, it's great. He says I dropped the phone, and then all of a sudden they just start tearing into. Fire and gasoline is unbelievably rocking. It's awesome. Poor connection. Nothing to say. Well, I mean, this thing, I just love Fire and Gasoline. Loved it. Very good. Um, and then we get the Seen Enough. Great song. And then the one that we have issues with, closing out the album, The Cure. The Cure. It belongs at the end. It grows on you the more you listen to it. And I think it's, I think it's unbelievable. Um, the whole album is it's, the it's, Black Moods peaking... They are at the top of their game. They are. On this, this is one. one of my contenders already, if not the top contender. Album of the for year. Album of the year. I will give this a strong, strong three, three and, and a half. half. Yep. Can't go four. Four. It's got to be a classic. Complete. This full is on close. Lights out. It's close, but it's not quite. But three there. and a half is in no way, shape, or form an insult. No. Not at all. Again, Dave and I both agree this is into a the night. Runner. You will listen to it over and over and over. Well, into the night. This is a band you need to listen to. For forget the Black Keys. 
go black moods. Yeah, forget the black keys, forget the black crows. You want the black moods. Boom, confetti, take it to the bank. All right. We are also going to discuss an informal review, let's say, of the band that's going to be opening up in August when we see them for Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Joan Jett, and Poison. Classless Act. Classless Act. New album coming out, I believe, in a couple weeks. Yep. They have got four songs right now out there on Spotify, including the... And I always love when bands do this. I love it. <laughs> when they have an album named after the band and a song named after the band. Night Ranger did it. Night Ranger never had an album called Night Ranger. But no, but they, they had, had a song, song. called, which an unbelievably cool song called Night Ranger. Very good. So Classless Act has the song classless act with vince neal from motley crew helping them out on vocals yep kind of cool it kind of reminded me bad. of a, a combo crew jackal maybe type song yeah you know a little raunchy a little a rough little raunchy rough not fully polished but had that edge to it yep so i like class classless act um then there are three other songs that they had out there Time to Bleed, This Is For You, and Give It To Me. Time to Bleed was okay. They were they were all right. They were they were trying to be the new hair band, I guess. I don't know what they're trying to be. I don't know. They were good, but not great. I I did not think Time to Bleed or Give It to Me were those two were anything special. No. This is for you was better. And that's got Justin Hawkins from the Darkness on it. Yeah. I thought This Is For You was good. I think that one grows on you the more you listen to it. It does. Um Give It to Me sounded like overheated, lukewarm, dirty honey. Um, Very good call. Not up to the level of Dirty Honey, but the vocal stylings. They, yeah, kind of reminded you Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, This Is For You almost sounded a little bit to me like a, a G&R song yeah. without the cursing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did like two of the four. <clears throat> so we'll see. Perhaps maybe down the road we might review the whole album. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It depends. I don't know. Dave I, and I are starting to find a lot of new music out there. So we're being very judicious and cautious. Some are hits, some are misses. I might wait for the album review until after we see them open. I think that might be more yeah, prudent. Yeah, but don't we want to know the music before we see them? They're the opener for a solid four band. I don't think we need to worry that much. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. I know sometimes they're, they're we like to, to know. They are going the to play going for in. they're probably only going to play four songs. <laughs> and I think we have them right here. <laughs> that would be my guess. All right. Now will Vince Neil come out for the, the song Classless Act? I doubt it. I doubt it. 
hell is he even going to be on the tour? It, it, will he be there at that point? Yeah. That early? And if he is, he's probably going to be already half half a bottle into Jack Daniels. Yeah. As we said, scrap Vince, bring Sebastian Bach in. That would be neat. That would be neat to have Sebastian Bach singing. Motley His Crue. vocals would be freaking phenomenal. Yep. You know, I, I agree with you on that. You know, I do. Dave and I are still putting together the final touches for what we're going to be reviewing in the coming weeks. It looks like next week, Michael Schenker Group Universal will be our album review. Yep. Although I do have a couple suggestions for down the road. We know we got the fix coming up. Yep. In August, big news. Just announced this week, Vibrating. Coming out August the 12th. Isn't that what she said? I knew you were going to make a (laughs) dirty joke about this. God damn them for this album title. (laughs) New Collective Soul, August the 12th. Well, of course Collective Soul's going that route. <laughs> New stuff from the boys. Uh, Ed Roland and the boys vibrating comes out August the 12th. We will definitely looking review that. Looking forward to that one. No single yet. Although there is a track listing on Amazon. Hmm. Ten songs, but nothing released yet. As nothing... soon as we get a release, we will be talking about it. That's right. Guaranteed. We will be getting a new Queen song in September with Freddie Mercury. A lost track? A lost track from the sessions from the album The Miracle. Ooh. The song will be called Face It Alone. With all of the the buzz around Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie, and all the, the latest over the last five or six years, the... The new interest, the resurgence of Queen. I'm sure this will be huge when this comes out in September. Now, I want to discuss this for a couple minutes because I don't think these bands look at things the same way you and I do or the regular rock fan. I want to tie in the Van Halen tribute discussions, rumors to what was just announced this week. There will be two Taylor Hawkins tribute shows in September featuring the surviving members of the Foo Fighters. One show will be in L.A., one show will be in London. And, of course, they will have special... What the what? This is... I think you are already jumping into what I want to talk about. Michael Anthony was discussing this past week, again, the rumors about the Van Halen tribute tour. And number one, he's saying that he still doesn't think Alex is ready yet. He thinks Alex Van Halen is still healing from his brother's death. That's one thing. But... Maybe it's what he needs. But here's the thing that bothers me, and this ties in again to this Taylor Hawkins tribute news. Mikey came out and said, if we do it, it's probably only going to be one or two shows because a tour would look like we're just doing a money grab. And I don't agree with that at all. I don't know why these guys think 
that if they go out on tour and do a tribute with a, with Joe Satriani, David Lee Roth, Mikey, and Alex. That's not a money grab. We're not grab. looking at it as a money grab. We are you looking are... to enjoy the music that you guys had brought originally. And that's why I don't like this Taylor Hawkins thing because, again... And if you're pulling this shit for the tribute... Why did you fully cancel every damn show for the rest of the year? And then you're doing this. That's a cop out to your fans. Well, that's how I feel too. Is that so only the West Coast matters? Only the West Coast matters in the United States. And what the hell are you going to London for? Who gives a shit? You're an American band. Come on. But again, they look at it as it would look like a money grab if they did a tour where I would say, no, We want to hear your fucking music. Give us a chance to go somewhere relatively close to see what you've got to offer us in terms of a tribute or in terms of a show honoring Taylor Hawkins, Eddie Van Halen. Why do you guys think that you do a show? What, are you going to put it on fucking pay-per-view? If you don't want to... Do a month if it's not a money grab, don't charge an outrageous amount for it. Well, and do you think I'm really gonna fucking pay 10, 20 bucks to watch a video feed of the show? No. Fuck you. That's not no. a live show. And I didn't like it when you guys did this during COVID, and I don't like it when you do it now. Where you act like, well, go on to this website. Nugs is one of them that they use. Pay 50. Roger Klein did this all the time during the COVID pandemic. Oh, you want to see us live? Well, pay 15 bucks to get a ticket on this website. No. It's not fucking the same, and you know it. And the fact that you do this, you guys are the ones at fault. You guys are the ones ripping us off. That's a money grab. The money grab is expecting us to pay full price or 75% price for a regular concert ticket. For you guys only you guys have to do on a one fucking show. laptop. Bullshit. That's it's not a money grab. If you put in the effort, get the tour together, and hit 30 cities across the U.S., like Dave said, so we can hear the music that we love. Not on a fucking Chromebook. It's not the same, and you guys know it. That's a cop-out. That's a money grab. Because you only have to do one show to try and get millions and millions of people to pay for. Again, cheating the fans. Go out on Facebook. Go out on Twitter. Ask your fans what they want. Ask your fans what they want. And I guarantee overwhelmingly they're going to tell you go out on tour bring the music back to us live honor the fallen with live music that was their life again like i said dave and i are still working on songs we are going to review we will be reviewing guaranteed 100% next week the brand new song from Jackal. <laughs> Video already out there on YouTube. 
get all up in it. <laughs> yes. You know Jackal will always be welcome on Sports Frenzy's Weekend Edition. Damn Skippy. Other stuff we're going to be looking at. Noe Cole. Red Hot Chili Peppers have got a new Japanese-only song we might review. <laughs> Alan Parsons, a new song featuring Tommy Shaw on vocals. Really? Fozzy doing their version of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. Ooh. I like Fozzy. They're pretty good. Another new Journey song, Don't Give Up on Us. A new Chicago song, Firecracker, Jack White. First song off the second, second of his two albums, two. If I Die Tomorrow. We'll line them up over the next couple weeks, kids. And I have a brand new band. They've been around for a while, but I've never actually listened to them until this past weekend. I love the first song off their new upcoming album, band called Devil's Train. Ooh. Ashes and Bones. Intriguing. So, some permutation, some combination of those we'll, will We'll review. get it figured out. Yep. But next segment, you've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. <laughs> we will have a little bit of streaming news, but most of the next segment will be devoted to the first three episodes of season three of The Boys. <laughs> and <laughs> the seven episodes that comprise part one, season four of Stranger Things. We will break them both down for you. We'll try not to spoil things, but if you haven't watched them by now, I almost feel like, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> These two shows, you need to be devoted to. You need to be watching them when they come out. Yeah, pretty much. These are the binge-worthy shows. Yep. So hang out with us for those reviews, breakdowns, the analysis, all the fun stuff coming up in segment two of the weekend edition. Dave and I will be right back. In the fortress of solitary justice, two brave men hold the fate of the sports world in their hands with the utterance of a single word, frenzy! These seemingly ordinary men become the maestro and the conquistador, destined to save the world from stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all noble podcast hosts everywhere. Dave and Kev stand for truth, justice, and the frenzy way. Surfer Boy Pizza is proud to present Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. Check out the pineapple on your pizza, man. Don't knock it. Give it a try. There's <laughs> oh. always the great and glorious conquistador with one of his epic takes. One of his epic impressions. Argyle. Interpretations. Argyle from Stranger Things, leading us into our streaming segment. Yep, taping here on the 8th of June. This will hit Saturday morning the 11th, of course, at that point in time. It's been a couple weeks. 
since part one of season four of Stranger Things has been out, setting all kinds of streaming records, of course. And by God, if you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. Yep, and Argyle, of course, one of the new characters brought in in season four. Yep. Jonathan's friend out in California helps him relax with some some weed. <laughs> Little herbal assistance in life. Oh, can you believe I saw there were stories out there about people worried about how they were writing Jonathan because, you know, he was smoking the ganja. Okay. I am not. Everybody who knows me knows I do not condone or want to be around anybody that does that stuff. But at the same time, for people to be freaking out about the fact that Jonathan is partaking in a TV streaming show on Netflix, one of the characters, get a life. Let it go. Think about the time frame it's set up in. Think about the Surfer Boy pizza van. Think back to fast times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Come on. Hell, even think back to the uh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, with the mystery machine. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't uh, just eating Scooby snacks. Well, they were they because were they had the because munchies. They were because they had the munchies. <laughs> All right, Stranger Things, Season 4, Part 1, of course. Part two will be hitting July the 1st on Netflix to wrap things up. And what an interesting cliffhanger we got at the end of episode seven. Yes, that kind of leads up to what they're now saying this season four is the setup for a season five oh, finale. How long? How lo oh, the finale. I was going to yes. say, how long is it going to take for us to get another season? I know. That's the problem. When is season five going to hit? I... But they are getting older. I get it. There's only so far they can push that. Um, right now, it's still working, even though it... they are a lot older than they were looking back at the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah. And you get that here with the flashbacks with. 11. Yeah, especially. They, um, I know the pandemic played a role in it, but still, they were waiting too long to get this rolling. Yeah, and there are some shows out there. I think they took too long. We'll get to the boys here. The boys took too long, too, for season three. Really did. It did. Um, now, you and I both kind of hopped on late on the boys, but yeah, that sounded bad. <laughs> that sounded really bad. Yeah, um, well, we'll get to termite later. Yeah. But it it does seem like it takes a long time for Netflix and the producers to get Stranger Things up and running when it comes to a new season. It is frustrating, but now that w you pointed this out to me, even though this season seems short, quote unquote. Seven episodes here in part one. I believe only two episodes in part two. Yeah, but <coughs> every long. episode in long. part one was an hour ten to an hour and a half. You're looking at over two hours 
for the each of the final two coming up in July. Yeah, so in the end, you're not getting shortchanged. No, no, not at all. You're getting the supersized editions. Yep. Uh, so, of course, the interesting parts of the new season of Stranger Things, which I think was very, very entertaining to this point, very well done. Maybe a little too much with the repetitive background with Eleven. That stuff seemed to be a it little bit... It seemed a little repetitive, but when you hit the final episode, it made sense why they went back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It kind of... You, why Why are we rehashing? Why are we... Oh, now we know why... Th- Yep, and we basically have a bunch of different storylines going on here throughout season four, where the the kids are split up into different groups. Yep, you've got the crew out in California. Which we've alluded to. (laughs) Yes, so they're on their mission trying to figure out one part. L gets peeled off from them going another route. You got the group in Hawkins trying to piece together the shit recreating. And then you got the faction Joyce and Murray trying to get Hopper out of Russia. Yep. And they pull it off brilliantly. They do a great job of of jumping the balance story. Storyline to storyline and making them all interesting yeah. without being confusing. Yeah. You don't have, typically, they would do, oh, we're going to skip this storyline in this episode. Right. No, every right. episode focused on every storyline, which kept the cohesion of the season together. Yep. Completely agree. Um, and, of course, they brought in a character basically based off Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Eddie Munson. Eddie Munson. Who ends up being a central figure in what's going on in Hawkins. Yep. I like Eddie. Inadvertently. Oh, Eddie's awesome. He is fantastic. And I did see see verification today that he is based in large part on Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) Nice. The hair, the name. The clothes early on. Yep. Yeah, and I have to say, with every episode that since he's been introduced, I like Murray more and more. Oh yeah, yeah, Mur- Murray's fun. <laughs> Murray the is great. Conspiracy theorist, journalist. He's awesome. Yep. And of course, the characters that we all loved in the past, Dustin. Dustin's awesome. <laughs> Oh my God! Could his girlfriend's family be more <laughs> any more dysfunctional? I'll do anything for my Dusty. <laughs> oh. oh my God! That's such an effed up family. Yep. And again, it's a testament to the great writing from the group that the Duffer Brothers have brought together to keep this show going. To that keep they, it fresh and get that there it are doesn't very, get stale. There are very few characters, if any, that you don't like that you know that really grate on you or irritate you or bother you. Um, all the kids are still likable, they care about them, 
you want them to get through this. You don't want to see anybody get torched or die no. in the upside down. No, you you pull for everybody. Yep. So, and of course, Steve continues to be America's babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Steve could be the best of them all, though. Steve is now the first season. You did they? You they didn't like of, Steve. They kind of had to turn him. Yeah, he was kind of a douchebag. Yeah, but then by the end, you like the guy. Yeah, in the the wrestling parlance. They started him out as a heel and turned him into a baby face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's probably one of the two or three most likable characters on the show. Easily. Yep. All that being said, great, great job by everybody involved keeping this show going into four seasons. Still unbelievably entertaining, fun, scary. There aren't enough superlatives. No. It's just a, a wonderful, entertaining show. And how about this for a little side note? The song Running Up That Hill by Kate <laughs> Bush oh my God. plays an integral part in part one of season four. It does, and its resurgence has been it is insane. Back, it's back into the Billboard Top Ten. It got up to number eight this week, which officially gives God. Kate Bush her first ever top, top 10, 10 hit. Because it wasn't that popular when it came out. I think it, they said it got to number 30 originally. Yeah. And sorry, I'm still not a big fan of it. No. <laughs> Didn't like it back in the day. Don't really care for it now. No, thank goodness. Most of the time when we hear it, it's through... Max's headphones. Yes, yeah, so it's very muted, and we don't have to be subjected <laughs> to it for long. But again, July the 1st, we will be checking out part two of season four. Yep, we'll have the 4th of July holiday weekend to binge Stranger Things and try Digest. not to set ourselves on fire or blow any fingers off. <laughs> Digest it, review it while we're having fun over the 4th of July weekend. Now, a show that is wrong on every level. Yeah, but wrong on every level. <laughs> the Boys, season three, <clears throat> finally. Hit last Friday on Amazon Prime. They dropped the first three, and then every Friday, it looks like they're dropping one from here on out. Killing us. Yeah, we'll see how that now Outer Range, when Outer Range hit a few months ago, they did this with three, and then I think they hit two every Friday. Yeah, so maybe, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully maybe. we'll get two episodes every Friday. If we're lucky. But the, the great thing about the boys is the brilliance of putting together this cynical universe where the superheroes are just like all the scumbags we've talked about on our regular sports frenzy. Yep, they're corporate assholes. Yep, they're selfish. They care about nothing but themselves, money, sex, drugs. Yep, and they don't care who they hurt in the process. Yep, and of course, Homelander, the main perpetrator, the leader of the seven, God, 
he he's basically he's gone off the rails big time. Yeah. At the end of episode three, he has found a way to sink to a new all time low. God. As his Nazi girlfriend killed her from season two. Uh the thing is, it's an amazing way to look at the comic book universe. Homelander is basically what would happen if Superman was corrupt. Yeah, if Superman if he had was no selfish and no morals. That's what Homelander is. Yeah. In a nutshell. Now, a manipulative. They're piece trying of crap. to. They're pushing us in a certain direction here, through the the first three episodes of season three, where I think we can pretty much figure out who is going to have to take down Homelander and how. Yeah, we 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 saw that. The, there are the other, means are there. There are other options they are currently exploring, but I don't but think anything's going to come of those. No, there's only one option on the table at this point. Right. Um, and we don't want to spoil anything for you. But uh, it would be a fitting battle, let's put it that way. It would be very appropriate. And, now, and course, they kind of allude to the possibility now, of course, we have a side story going on with another supergroup from the past called Payback. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> Led which, by Soldier Boy. Who we're still trying to figure out if he's alive or dead. Yep. <sighs> and that would be key to how things are going to roll through with Homelander because that's one of the options. Well,. If Soldier Boy is dead, trying to get what killed him, him out could possibly could, take out Homeland. Right? right. Or you could set up a Soldier Boy Homelander showdown or the alluded to option C. I still think option C is the way Option they, C go. is the way they got to go. Yep. But yeah, Homelander. But is, is it just going to be with who we think garbage. it's going to be? That's a good, really good point. Could somebody else jump in? Yeah, that could be really interesting. Really interesting. Because the way three ended, it kind of set something else up. They're going to keep us on the edge of our seats. Well, let's hope they, they're not going <clears> to... <throat> again, like with Stranger Things, the boys, it takes them too long to get these seasons going. But uh, come on. This show's got to have at least another season or two in it, minimum. At least one more. At least a fourth. But it's it's very frustrating with Stranger Things, with the boys. Let's hope with Jack Reacher they're not going to do this. Where it just takes take two, two or three years. years to get something. Yeah, to get a to get a season, yeah. a short, a thirteen, a ten or thirteen episode season. That's what's frustrating to me is it's not like the mm -hmm. old days where we're talking about twenty two, twenty three episode season. Right, we've shortened everything down to ten to thirteen episodes, and they you still can take knock longer. It out quick, they take longer to put the shows out than they used to for double the episodes. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But they're both worth it. 
They're both phenomenal. Yep, and we will, of course, and keep reviewing the boys here <clears throat> week by week. Yep, and in hmm, episode one, <laughs> termite sneezing. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's your that's your that's unbelievably just, graphic death. Wow, that's just to start you off uh, in season three. <laughs> That's an etch-a-sketch moment, kids, where you just want to go and forget about it. And we do find out a little bit more, not a lot, a little bit more about what happened with with Black Noir. Yes, Black Noir. We, get, we finally get a Black Noir backstory. Yep. Short. Short. But it finally. It explains took. at least part of the enigma of the seven known as black noir. Yeah. And then of course they, the deep still hangs around. I did like as much as Homelander has got to be the most evil piece of shit character possibly (laughs) in television history. I did kind of like him torturing the dinner, torturing the deep as he did. Yeah, Yeah. It was kind of appropriate. Yep. And everybody else at the table seemed to be getting into it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Deep's kind of a douche. Yep. Now, he was the one in season one that basically set the tone along with uh, Huey's girlfriend. Getting what happened obliterated. By the A-Train. Yeah. Those, those two A-Train instances... and the Deep were the two that set the tone before we really got into the whole You're like, deep, dark... Part of Homelander. Crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This this is, this is dark, not your, dark stuff. This is not your mama's Justice League, kids. Nope. This this is truly mature audiences only. 18 and up. All right. So a little bit of news. All of it pretty much good. Tokyo Vice has been renewed for season yes! two Woo-hoo! on HBO Max. So we will get some kind of closure, hopefully, on that very, very underrated. Oh, so good. Solid show starring Ansel Elgort, who you will be talking about in the movie segment. Yes. Yeah. We have got the vampires coming back, of course, in July, but even bigger news. The league's back? No, we're not that lucky. What we do in the shadows is so popular even before season four. It has already been renewed for seasons five and six. Yes! So, Nandor and company are back, baby. They're going to be around for a while. They are indeed immortal and undead. <laughs> we can't get rid of them. We don't want to get rid of them. No, no, we do not. All I, I want more Jackie Daytona, though. I got to have another Jackie Daytona <laughs> episode. I bet you some way, somehow down the road, they will. They will. They've got t-shirts for the love of God out there. <laughs> Season five of Fargo is officially a go. It will be starring John Hamm and Jennifer Jason Lee, among others. <clears throat> Fargo is always interesting casting. Season four was a little bit, I don't know, lesser than the first three. Yeah. It wasn't quite as quirky. 
It was, it was more straightforward. Just it, it was it mob didn't... boss crime. Yeah, they they got away warring from... faction stuff. Yeah, they got away from the the goofy little offsets that made the movie and the first three seasons what they were. Yeah. Hopefully they go back to the original formula. Outside of maybe the, the homicidal nurse. Yeah, that that was that was probably that was, the one Fargo-ish part of it that was true to the tone that you're talking about. Yeah. Of course I told Dave this. I have Paramount Plus, he doesn't. But he's more than welcome to come over and watch June the 23rd as Beavis and Butthead do the universe. <laughs> that that I may have to come over and indulge in. They did America. Now they're doing Doing the the universe. universe. (laughs) Like Jackass, Beavis and Butthead, one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah, they always have been. So much fun. Now, of course, I have to give you... As long as they bring the teepee for my (laughs) ball. Do you have any candy? Well, the thing is, I have heard that I... This is going to be really wild they go through like a black hole. This happens back in the old series timeline. Oh, it starts out and then they jump forward to the future. Oh, God. And they meet like intelligent doppelgangers of themselves. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know what that's going to turn out to be like. God. Now, I have to do, I only do it like every month or so, my wrestling updates. There we go, kids. Last week, of course, I forgot to do my AEW update, reporting on the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. We do have a new AEW champion. CM Punk is now champion, but... There's always a but. But he injured himself. He has to have surgery on his leg. He will have to give up the title already. Because he can't defend it. So there will be a mini tournament. John Moxley gets to fight the winner of this mini tournament as John Moxley's number one contender. He has already been AEW champ in the past, so... Speaking of injuries, I almost need a visual on this (laughs) because this past Sunday was WWE Hell in a Cell. And for the most part, it was a pretty dull pay-per-view. Nothing really all that exciting until you got to the final match, which was the Hell in a Cell match. Hell in a Cell, of course, basically a steel cage match. Yeah. Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Now, they had been saying, and you know it's wrestling, Cody Rhodes has been injured. He's not cleared to fight, but he is going to fight anyway. Okay, Basically, he's concussed. No. Here's where it gets interesting. This is why I almost need visual aids, because I, I was crying bullshit. All through the pay-per-view when they kept bringing it up. Saying, oh, he's going to fight. The week previously, they said he partially tore his pec. That's not something to mess around with. 
he was lifting weights earlier in the day for Hell in a Cell, tore it completely off the bone. Okay. You're then, not moving that arm. Sorry. And I'm like, there, there's no way in nope. hell. No way in hell. He came out with his big American Nightmare jacket on. <clears throat> took it off. Fucking, he was bruised. All his arm, his entire side was completely bruised. Makeup can do wonders. I thought the same thing, but it did not come off during the fight. It no. did not come off during the fight. Did he use the arm at all? Sparingly. Sparingly. Now, of course, it's scripted. He won, which he never would have under oh, normal shit. circumstances. And then he came out the next night on Raw to thank everybody, and he got beat up again by Seth Rollins. But they say he's going to undergo surgery on Wednesday. Today, as we tape this, but you should look at a picture. You should look at a picture. Because years ago, remember I oh, tore. Oh, when you tweaked your elbow. Yeah, the... I still think I tore something or partially tore something. Yeah, and it bruised up. Either my bicep good. or my tricep. And that's what it looked like, except it went all the way down his side. I think it was legit. I think it was legit. I don't know if maybe because it completely tore off, that made it easier for him. Instead of you know being partially still on the bone, I don't know. It was one of the more interesting things I have ever seen in wrestling. When he took his jacket off and he had that bruising all over the the one side of his body and down his arm. So, there just you saying, go. That made it an interesting. Premium live event, as they call them now, <laughs> on Peacock. There you go, kids. All right, there there you go for segment two. TV and streaming is done. Movies coming up. Yes, we're going to go back in time. We have got three movie reviews for you. We're not breaking the Sports Frenzy rules. These are three movies Dave and I have never watched before, even though they range from three or four years old, up to 11 years old. Yep. We have not watched these. There was a miscommunication. Dave got the better part of the miscommunication. <laughs> yes, thankfully. <laughs> and we'll discuss that here in just a minute. Stay tuned through a promo, and we will be right back. Mm, yes. Listen, you will, to Sports Frenzy 2.0, oh, you must. Much to learn from the maestro and conquistador there is for entertainment every Saturday. On Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and everywhere are they found. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is time to wrap up the weekend edition. Taping here on June the 8th, 2022. This will hit Saturday morning the 11th. Available on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Segment three. Movies, movies, movies. Old movies. Not really old movies, but... A little, little older. Going back here. Anywhere between 
three and four years and a decade. Now, we both watched 21 Bridges. Yep. One of the last movies with Chadwick Boseman, the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Uh, pretty interesting <sighs> cop thriller. It was. It was enjoyable. It had a little bit of predictability to it. But the ending was freaking phenomenal. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, um, it wasn't. It wasn't what you expected. See, I, I I could see part of it coming, a big part of it coming a mile away. Um, now I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it to a point. I did. I thought it was really well done. Um, Bozeman was great. You, you you could tell he was he was ill during this one. He did he look a little that, gaunt. He had the gaunt bedraggled look to him. Yep. Um, but he's still he was still a great dynamic actor. Um JK Simmons, of course. Always good. Yep, Oscar winner, always good. Keith um, David with the little role that he had. Yep. Taylor Kitsch playing one of the the bad guys of many bad yeah. guys in the movie, as it turns out. Um it was well-structured, well done. I just didn't think there was really much in it that was new. Um, Not really. You know, it was like eating a a good meal at Taco Bell. You kind of know what you're getting. You know, you didn't have to invest too it, it's, much in it's it. It's comfort food. Yeah. I'll give it two and a half frenzies. Yeah, two and a half to a week three. Yep. Um, so it, it was it was a decent... Decent flick to watch to kill some time. Yep. Something to watch with the family. Now, Dave and I were talking about last week helping out the poor, downtrodden Amber Heard. Because, you know, we feel so bad for her, you know, and her... <laughs> fake crying face that she put on during the Johnny Depp trial and her, her trying to hide her snorting a substance of some sort at one point during the trial. Um, but she is pretty. So we figured sports frenzy should do their part to try to help pick up Amber Heard when she's at her lowest. So I suggested we go back and watch the Nicolas Cage Amber Heard 3D thriller Drive Angry. But we had also been talking about the fact that Dave had never seen the great movie with Ansel Elgort, Kevin Spacey, Baby Driver. Right. So somehow I got stuck watching a piece of crap. <laughs> I... I actually now, thinking about it, I have seen Drive Angry, and I put it out of my mind for <laughs> the reasons you are going to tell the kids. Yeah, let's start off with let's, the bad let's first. Let's start off with the bad. And then we'll leave the better movie for yeah. end on a high note. Drive Angry, of course, Nicolas Cage, Amber Heard. 
William Fickner is the only guy in this movie who redeems himself <laughs> as the accountant. Yeah, he he was the only good thing about the movie. He's usually pretty good in anything he's in. He's one of those B-movie <laughs> actors that when he passes 30 years down the road, yeah. we'll all go, oh, oh that, that guy, guy died. Oh, I know him. Yep. Now, of course, it was blatantly obvious that this movie was meant to be shown in 3D and 3D only because it's got the whole the cheesy effects were just 60s and early 70s awful 3D effects. Yeah, it was blatant stuff being thrown right at the screen. Reminded me of when I saw Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Just, yeah, or Jaws 3D. Yeah, just obvious, blatant. We don't care about making a cohesive, decent movie. We just want the effects. Yeah. And of course, Nicolas Cage, this is about the point where he became like Bruce Willis. I'm not trying to speak ill of Bruce Willis. I know he's No, he's but sick. where they took on any role that's presented to them. Right. It was a paycheck. Yeah, it was definitely one of those, I want the paycheck kind of deals for Nicolas Cage. Um. He basically plays a character coming back from hell to save his granddaughter from a devil's cult type situation. Yeah. And meanwhile, Fickner is it's, the accountant it's... who's basically tasked with going after him and bringing him back because the devil doesn't like that he got out and what he's doing. Right. And... <sighs> and Amber Heard comes along for the ride guess she was pre-selected maybe kind of because Nicolas Cage was going to need somebody to watch his granddaughter after he wiped out this This cult cult. because his daughter was killed by the cult earlier. It's just not a good movie. I'm sorry. No, it was so little in this movie. There was nothing redeeming about it. Like I said, William, William Fickner is good as the accountant. Um, I don't know. The car that Cage drove was kind of cool. Yeah, there's some cool cars in it. Um, David Morse is in it briefly for really little or no purpose whatsoever. Um, yeah. I, it just, yeah, I would give it one frenzy. Yeah, that's about what it deserves. It's just I'm I'm glad I didn't rewatch it now. So that 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 was probably that sixth sense in the back <laughs> of my head saying, "Watch this one instead. Watch this one instead." Yep. So unfortunately, I'd never seen it before and now I wish I never had. One frenzy yep. for drive angry. Yeah, wasn't good. Which brings us to baby driver and you got the better end of the deal i got the better end of the deal on this one baby as miles is called is a hell of a wheel man and got busted as a kid stealing the character played by oh god now i'm Spacey? Spacey, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey's character catches Baby stealing his car and junking a hell of a lot of merchandise in the process. And so now he's got this kid working for him, driving on every heist until he pays off 
what he owes him. Gets paid off. Baby finally finds a girl that he thinks he can settle down with. And Spacey will not let him go. And the shit show that ensues. Yeah, basically, they'll Jamie string Fox, him along. Yeah, basically, Jamie Foxx plays a raging douchebag who destroys Baby's life. Yeah, as I recall, it's been a few years since I watched it. Kevin Spacey basically says, "Well, do this one more job. Do this one more job." And you know, he's like, we'll "This see. is the one. This is your last job. You're paid off." Yeah. And then he's like, "Did you really think I was gonna let you go?" Now John Hamm's in there too, right? He's part of the yeah, crew. Yeah, John Hamm is part of the crew. Starts off likable enough. But then you see the psycho side come through. So, very well done. The whole morals of getting out from under the crap you created for yourself, trying to do the right thing and getting sucked in and paying the ultimate price. But doing it in a moral way that people still like you and go to bat for you. So baby, and a great soundtrack too. Oh, the soundtrack was phenomenal because baby was in a car accident and has tinnitus and the music's the only thing that keeps it from bothering him. So he's always listening to something. He's got iPod after iPod with different types of music to fit his mood. And the driving sequences are phenomenal. Absolutely incredible chase scenes. This one, strong two and a half, week three. There were things in it that, really, why? But overall enjoyable. This one is worth watching for sure. See, I think I, I when I watched it, I think I went higher with it. I'd have to look back and see in my notes, because of course, the- I review all my movies and and make notes in my date book of what I gave them. Yeah. So I can remember which ones to stay away from. Yeah. And which ones to now, watch the, again. The, there were a couple of little things with it that kind of. Yeah, see, I think it, I but... like this a lot more than I like Twenty One Bridges. I'm kind of shocked you give them similar ratings. So, different different things just hit me differently. Well, at least you didn't have to watch Drive Angry again. Again, God. If I would have started it, I would have bailed. couple of <clears throat> trailers and teasers to discuss before we move on to our moments of silence. And a couple dumbasses. The Munsters. A teaser was released today. <laughs> of course, Rob Zombie. Yep, is doing the Munsters. So there is a short, this, I believe about a minute long teaser out there. This I'd been waiting for because I heard about it a year or two ago that he wanted to do it because he was such a huge fan of it growing up. And his song Dragula is an homage to Grandpa's Dragster. In the one episode they had. So I'm hoping he does it justice and not the crap that he did with Halloween 
or the devil's rejects or his version of the hills have eyes the teaser that i saw and of course feel free to check it out on your own the teaser that i saw today he is cast at least one of his quote unquote favorite people from all these other movies house of a thousand corpses i recognize the guy as uh as uh grandpa i i could kind of see that one coming yeah you don't get you don't get a look at the entire cast um it's herman grandpa and the wife lily lily that's all you get in the teaser is lily his i i honestly didn't outside of grandpa knowing that he's been in zombies movies in the past the other two didn't ring a bell either way yeah i didn't recognize now i again i'm not a rob zombie raconteur i suffered through house of a thousand corpses and wish i hadn't um yeah, that one wasn't any good. Yeah, so I have a feeling he's going to use his troop, his usual troop of actors. But it's... we shall see. No sign of Eddie in yeah. the uh, teaser whatsoever. No. It doesn't look terrible. But again, I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. So There you go. Also... Coming out here within the last day or so, the trailer for Black Adam, which of course is <laughs> the DC Shazam spinoff. Of course, Black Adam turns into Shazam's Captain Marvel's arch nemesis. Of course, it's yet another movie featuring Barack. Barack. Ugh, the cool thing about this trailer, though. And I'm glad I watched it because there's part of me that said, why do you care? You didn't like Shazam. What they did with Shazam was just pathetic. It was a bastardization of the character. I'm glad I watched the trailer because I got to see the fact that the the Justice Society of America is in it. Some of the Really? Old... They brought the JSA? Hawkman is in it in the trailer. Wow. Doc... Pierce Brosnan plays Dr. Fate. Really? And you also get a glimpse of the old school version of the Atom. Interesting. Yes. Now, of course, some of this involves checking boxes. Well, of course it does. But it's DC, so you would expect that. But yeah, the JSA looks like they are going to be the first to take on the threat of Black Adam before, of course, you get the inevitable showdown between Black Adam and Shazam. God, the little, the trailers I've seen from Shazam, he doesn't stand a chance. I was going to say, Black Adam, The Rock, those muscles are real. (laughs) Zach Levy's wearing foam Foam. like the old Flash in the uh, the, the 80s 80s. TV show. Yeah. Oh, so bad. (laughs) So bad. All right, moments of silence, all in the world of rock and roll. Oh, great artwork. 
on the covers of the classic Kiss albums, Destroyer and Love Gun. Those were created by Ken Kelly. And unfortunately, he passed away recently. Yep. Uh, Jim Seals. Half of the duo Seals and Crofts has passed away. Now their hits Summer Breeze and Diamond Girl were their big claims to fame. Yep. Recently yep. passed. I still hear those songs every now and then. Yeah, they pop up from time to time. So, And then, of course, we recently saw Bon Jovi. <clears throat> and uh, Alec John Such was the original bass player for yep. Bon Jovi. He had since left the band quite a while back. I believe, unlike Richie Sambora, he left the band on good terms. I think he just retired, basically. Yeah, he pretty much called it quits in the mid-90s. He was yep. just done. Yep, unfortunately, he passed away here recently. So, again, three interesting members of the rock and roll community passed away. And our thoughts yep. and prayers to all their families and friends. Uh, I, I've been trying to stay calm. You, you've done a pretty good job unlike, to this point. Unlike the regular... Sports Frenzy edition earlier this week where I, I lost it on multiple occasions. Um, but? Uh, I probably, I'm tired. We're winding down, so I don't think I'm going to go too crazy. But I will, again, discuss one of our front Pet row peeves. seat passengers on the Sports Frenzy plane of doom. But first, I would like to call out as dumbasses here in our Red Foreman segment, the people in charge of the image and likeness of Elvis Presley. <laughs> at uh, some point, at some point, can you just say, let's let it go and let's let... Just be done. Let's let things just... Let's have fun. Let's let people have fun and not worry about money. Money, 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 money. Even now, this late in the game. The people in charge of the likeness of Elvis Presley are now saying they will not allow Elvis impersonators to marry anybody in Las Vegas anymore unless they get a kickback, basically. They want money <sighs> because the impersonators are technically using the likeness of the king of rock and roll. Blah, 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 And it took blah. them this long to finally decide, now we want our piece of the pie. Oh, so their other revenue streams are drying up. And you know they're what, making a money the numbers grab. I saw, the numbers I saw on how many of these weddings happen every week in Vegas, they're literally going to put Dozens and dozens of people out of business. I mean, we're talking right, how, 30, 40 weddings a week in some of these Elvis chapels. How desperate are these people to want that crappy cliche of a wedding in Vegas? Different strokes for different folks, my I man. I guess. God, didn't... Never entertain the thought. 
think back on all the ridiculous stuff that we we had the guy and the woman who named their baby Espen after ESPN. Yeah, people we, are stupid. People are stupid. So I don't know why this shocks you at all. It shouldn't. But are the people in charge of the Elvis image the dumbasses? They are, because it took them this damn long to cash in. <laughs> yeah, why how many this de- long? How, why how this many long? Did, how much have they missed out on? Well, you, you figure this has been going on. He passed away in the 70s, right? Yeah. So it's been going on four decades minimum? Yeah. Again, that's, that's... why I say, why now? Let it go. Let it go. You're that damn stupid to not have jumped on it early on. You don't deserve anything now. Now, we talked about Amber Heard, and she's pretty. She's pretty. Except when she cries in court, fake cries. Fake, ugly cries. Another another Hollywood starlet, even though she's really not an actress, but reality TV star, Kim Kardashian. She's pretty. She's pretty. She's plastic. She's probably 80% plastic, but she's pretty. Mm. Not anymore. Not to me. Not after this quote. In a recent interview, Kim Kardashian talking about how desperate she is to keep herself looking young. Oh, God. Admitted that if it came to it and if it was proven to help keep her looking young, mm, she would eat feces every day to look younger. Or she put it, eat poop yeah she's a dumbass that ruined it for me sorry i don't care how good looking you are famous for doing absolutely nothing yep except coming from a rich family and just making it richer by standing in front of a camera after how many countless plastic surgeries and how many leaked quotes Sex tapes. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And the way people in this country and around the world hang on everything these losers do. It's reality TV. That's the problem. I don't understand the obsession people have with these reality TV shows. Go live your own life. Go live your own life. Why do you want to watch somebody else's life? Why do you want to watch somebody else's life? It's staged. It's not real. Go live your own goddamn life. Stop obsessing about Hollywood celebrities and what they do. It's not realistic. As I alluded to earlier, we were promised California was going to fall off into the ocean when it would solve so many problems. I just, it boggles my mind. If I look back on my entire life and I add up how much time I have watched reality TV, it wouldn't even... I don't think I'd make three hours total. Total. Just when the TV's on in the background by accident, something comes on. Literally, 
maybe three hours of my life. And there are people that watch three hours a day. Minimum. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. And again, it is a sign of the apocalypse for our society. One of many. Speaking of which, I believe it's happening as we tape tonight. It might have already happened, although it's on the West Coast, so maybe not. I won't rant. I promise I won't rave. I'm just going to point it out matter-of-factly. It should speak for itself. Jimmy Kimmel is going to be interviewing Joe Biden. Oh, for the love of God. For his late-night talk show. That's pathetic. This is like only the third person, I guess, that Joe Biden has allowed allowed to interview him since he took office. Oh, the only one who actually swore that he would follow the script? Yeah, I heard something about Lester Holt interviewed Biden, and even Lester Holt, the snowflake left-wing anchor that he is, somehow upset Biden with one of his questions. So you know Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel's such a piece of garbage anymore. If he was the termite, he would love to just get right up there. And... <laughs> Where's the prostate, Joe? <laughs> sneeze, Jimmy, sneeze. Jimmy, Jimmy, just accept the fact you're going to be on the plane of doom. Dave wants to put you on the wing. I keep saying I want to put you in the front row. But Dave might have I want you strapped to the wing, if not the engine. Yeah, and the straps are going to be cut <laughs> where they barely work. You are such a despicable, nasty human being. You used to be decent, but you have turned and become one of the problems with what's going on. Yep, so you and Stephen Colbert, Samantha <sighs> B, John Oliver, you have your own little row on the Sports Frenzy Plane of Doom. Don't worry. On the wing, right over the fuel. Yep. And, of course, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> All right, kids, that's it. I do want to close out. This is kind of an odd way for me to close out this episode. But this isn't a dumbass situation i just think based on the stuff we've had to talk about this week on the regular sports frenzy earlier and now this kind of garbage here at the end of the weekend edition i talked in the earlier sports frenzy episode this week about not apologizing about not giving in you say something you stick to it. You stick by your guns. You don't let them bully you into apologizing. You don't let them bully you into falling in line like a lemming. You know who's not a lemming? Kid fucking Rock is not a lemming. Kid Rock recently reviewed or interviewed by Tucker Carlson for Fox News. Asked. If he regrets ripping into Oprah Winfrey in a drunken rant recently, where basically I think he just said F Oprah Winfrey over and over again. So Tucker asked him, said, do you regret what you said? 
So no, I don't regret it. Great quote to close out the weekend edition from Kid Rock. And I I completely 100% concur with this sentiment. Kid Rock said, I do not regret a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. There you go. And I completely believe that. When you drink, your filter shuts down. And your real thoughts come through. Should you apologize? No, I don't think so. In most cases, no, you shouldn't. I don't think if you're speaking from the heart, sober or drunk, no matter how hurtful your words are, if they're the truth, if they're what you believe, then that's what you believe. If they hurt somebody else, so be it. It happens. If that's the way you feel, if that's your opinion. Because obviously they hurt you at some point. There you go. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. We hope you enjoyed the weekend edition. I did up until I had to talk about Drive Angry. Yeah, th- thanks for uh, opening that wound. <laughs> Next week, we will be viewing the Northman exclusively on Peacock, among other things. Yep. Dark Winds, the TV show, Lee and Chi Porn. Lee, Chi and Lee Porn. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Chi 